Well, this month, the next couple of weeks, we will have reached 24 months of the pandemic. So I had the clever idea of having 24 lessons from the pandemic, and I thought I was probably really pushing it. I'd never be able to come up with 24. But in fact, I keep coming up with more. And you probably will too. Have some lessons that have come to you that you wish to share that I don't name here. So hey, bring them to the conversation after the service. And as I share them, one for each month, think of which of these you want to carry with you to post-pandemic times, whatever those may be and whenever those may be. Jot it down, send yourself an email right now if that's what you need in order to remember it. One, these are not in order of importance, but this one is really important. Lesson one, how to wash our hands properly, which many of us discovered we hadn't been doing. And we've also learned that if we do it consistently, we get far fewer colds and flus. Now, some of the drop in everyday illnesses that happened over the last two years comes from interacting with fewer people, no doubt. But some of it is due to better hygiene. So, hey, let's keep practicing it. Number two, we have learned which song verses or poems are 20 seconds long. I use the opening words of Star Trek personally. If you say space, the final frontier, in just that proper Patrick Stewart cadence, it lasts for 20 seconds. I've learned going out of the house is overrated. Lesson four, some of us have learned staying at home is overrated. Number five, one person's blessing is another's curse. And therefore, we need to be gentle with each other. Even something as natural and unprejudiced as a virus does not affect us all equally. For example, some people have to go to work. Others could scale back. Some people could work at home or go to school from home. They had computers and good connections and that kind of work. And others work literally hands-on other people's bodies or drive them around, and it just wasn't possible. We're not all affected the same way. Number six lesson is that therefore we have to arrange our social systems better, more for everyone's benefit. Other countries did it better. Some did it worse. There are other ways to manage a crisis like this that help prevent problems such as an ill caregiver going from home to home. She is not only a great risk for her own health, but she's carrying the disease around the community because we don't 
offer other options. Number seven, we especially need to deepen our compassion when the same events have radically different impacts on different people. When one person is harmed by the same thing that leaves another untouched or even giving thanks. A pandemic example is that some of us by now can return to almost normal, possibly with nothing to worry about that we didn't have back in 2019, except a new nasty kind of flu while others continue to live with a new dangerous threat and probably always will. Or how many millions are grieving someone they lost to COVID and always will. You know, the form that this truth takes is new, but the story is as old as humanity. An earthquake shakes the ground and one house stands while the one next door falls. An election brings joy to some and despair to others. So can we remember, thanks to our teacher, the pandemic, that the wheel is always turning? And can we remember to be as kind to those who are right now on the bottom as we hope others will be to us when we are there? because we inevitably will be, no matter how fortunate we are, now and then. Number eight, those things that we've been putting off doing because we don't have time at home, that's not the only reason that we put them off. Yeah, we learned that one the hard way. Lesson number nine, this one hurts. The times in the past that everyone pulled together, there were some who didn't. There was a bitter joke going around when the divide opened up, when people were defying the lockdown, not wearing masks, and then people weren't even, wear, weren't even taking the vaccine that we'd waited so long for and couldn't believe that the, the, the tremendous work that had made it happen so soon. Um, some people still didn't want to take that opportunity. So this bitter joke was going around about the London Blitz. And what would have happened if neighbors then had said, I'm not going to live in fear. I'm leaving my lights on during the blackouts. But that got me thinking about how there were people who did that. That when the siren went off because German planes were going overhead and the city had to go dark so as not to give them a target, there were citizens deputized to police and even punish people who didn't observe the blackout, which tells us, A, that there were people who didn't, and B, it wasn't just forgetfulness. Just reminding them wasn't always enough. Which brings us to lesson number 10. People will act foolishly if they attach their political views or their identity, markers of their identity, to health decisions. 
We see that now, as the vast majority of people who become seriously ill and die are people who are refusing to believe the facts of how the virus is transmitted and prevented. But this kind of foolishness cuts both ways, maybe not equally, but people can be overly reckless or overly cautious because they've attached their identity to these decisions. It's an important thing to learn, so maybe we can do differently going forward. Number 11, thousands, millions of people, despite this, are as brave and noble and self-sacrificing as any heroes in a book. Hospital workers of all kinds, caregivers, teachers, emergency workers who never trained for an emergency to go on so long, so incessantly, with so little support, with so little rest. The scientists who've developed amazing vaccines and treatments when they just wanted to rest as much as anyone else, when they were as scared as anyone else. It's good to remember just how amazing people can be. Lesson 12 is that many of us have a great deal of creativity in us that just needs time and opportunity to blossom. A couple of my favorite um, examples of this from way early in the pandemic, but you can still find them on the internet if you miss them, uh, were the couple who put together a gerbil museum. Yeah, they love to go to museums, they couldn't, other people couldn't, so they had this brilliant, strange idea of making the enclosure for their ger pet gerbils a little tiny museum with little tiny benches and little tiny art on the walls with even tinier labels, and the gerbils would run around, and they put all this on the internet to cheer us all in hard times. I'm also loving the guy who uh, did special effects for the movies at first when the pandemic happened. He couldn't do his work. His kids couldn't go to school. And so he put his talents to work at home, staging his children in special effects scenarios. And so little kids are now on the internet really looking like when they play Don't Step on the Floor, It's Lava. It's really lava. So good. Need cheering up? Have a look. Lesson number 13. We're all connected. Wuhan province and our counties here, they're not far away at all. Hospitals everywhere are affected by the availability of staff anywhere, of personal protective devices anywhere. Whatever happens to one of us truly affects everybody in patterns that we don't anticipate. Lesson number 14, speaking of travel, is that we don't need to travel from place to place nearly as much as we thought we did. And boy, it really has quite an effect on our local environment when we all get out of our cars for a while and when we get back into them. Number 15, we can live in uncertainty 
for a long time and well. I'm told that yesterday's um, sacred text reading group had a great conversation about John Keats's passage about negative capability, what he called the ability to resist, his words, an irritable reaching after fact and reason when we just can't know something, when we just are in an uncertain situation. He called this a mark of the mature person. And that's where we've been, just living with a lot of, I don't know. I don't know when this will change. I don't know what's safe. I don't know whether these measures are necessary. I don't know how to balance safety and community. We're all figuring it out, and it's hard to live in that uncertainty. And we've done it with remarkable grace for a really long time. This is such a powerful lesson from our teacher, the pandemic, because really, it's where we all live all the time. We do. We're not, we're not always aware of it. We don't want to be aware of it. One percent, we on the whole at this congregation are pretty able to shield ourselves from life's vicissitudes. We control so much of our lives that we can bend even the planet to our will. But then we discover we really can't. We really don't have as much control as we think we do. The fundamental things apply. Much of life is beyond our control or understanding. And we're sailing along one minute, and then the next, everything changes. It's good to be reminded of that and to remember just how resilient we are in the face of that uncertainty. Lesson number 16, the people who are essential to society aren't only the few who come to mind. Lesson 17, going back to creativity, resourcefulness, just look at this congregation alone as a microcosm of just what we can do when we just really need to get creative. We have a music director who we discovered makes gorgeous videos. We have a minister of religious education who has created a whole community of stuffies. We know their names and their personalities and they've brought us together into a community. We have numerous people among us who act and create a weekly broadcast and do so much to create community in ways that they didn't know that they would have to the beginning of March 2020 and by the middle of March, there they were. There you were. Amazing. Lesson number 18. Sometimes things just feel bad. They just keep feeling bad after we think they're going to have gotten better. And trying to look on the bright side at some moments just becomes toxic positivity. To share a great phrase I just learned. James Barras, a founding teacher of Spirit Rock Meditation Center, wrote about what we can do at such a moment. 
I find that perhaps the important question to ask yourself is, what do I need right now to be here for my life? And then instead of trying to figure out an answer, listen inside for the wisdom that's there if you quiet down enough to hear it. This is a lesson I've been learning, and I've learned it from the pandemic. And asking ourselves what we need and listening for the answer is a lesson that will never go out of style. Number 19, we can't always know how something is affecting us. It takes time. It takes a long time to discern it, to even feel it. You know how sometimes you're just in a really good mood one day and you don't even know why it wasn't a special day or you burst out crying and you realize it was about something that happened hours before. We may yet discover years from now how these two years affected us. It's a kind of long COVID of the soul. Although whether the effects of these particular long-term ripples are destructive or positive, we can't say. No doubt some of them will be positive, like the ones I'm sharing right now. Lesson number 20. We don't need nearly as much toilet paper as we might think. Maybe we could scratch out toilet paper from that sentence and fill in something else. We don't need nearly as much blank as we might think. And if suddenly we had to ration it, we'd be okay. Maybe we'd walk a little more lightly on the earth if we thought about what might go in that blank for us. Okay, so we don't need as much toilet paper, but number 21 is that we do need each other. So, so much. Twenty-two, life is a lot harder when we can't sing together. Number 23, conversely, life is a lot better when we can sing together, singing through the hard times, singing in person during this hour, indoors. And those of us who are out on the patio, who are online will be joining in with that whole mass of voices. You know, you have any favorites, the ones you've just been dying to hear in that kind of mode. All of us singing together, email me. I may get more than I can use, but let me know what you're waiting to sing. And number 24. We are all vulnerable. We are all essential to someone. We are all living in an interconnected web. And love and care may not always make us safe, they may not always make us happy, 
but they make us whole. We have been reluctant students of a teacher we never signed up for this pandemic for two years. But let us be blessed by some of what we have learned and carry it forward. Blessed be.